This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Jaws. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the elegantly stylized, muscular in the wheat, tougher than nails, nailing the tough, the old piece of divinity himself, Mr. Justin Waddell. How's it going, sir? Man, it is It is going. I just came back from Pennsylvania, and you're headed out of town soon, huh? Yeah. You're out of here. So we're traveling men. Traveling men. Question. Did you mm-hmm. did you collect $200 on your way to Pennsylvania? I didn't. I went I went back to uh, my hometown, the, the town that I was born in. Is that uh, what hometown means? Family, I think so, right? For a family reunion. I guess hometown is where you grew up. I barely grew up there. But I did visit my house um, in Cranberry Township that I was there for, you know, kindergarten and first grade. Nice. Cranberry Township. Sounds like something from a cartoon. And located in Mars, PA. Which is where the ultimate happens, right? What? Candy is built. I don't know. I asked my dad that, and he didn't think so. Anyway, so, but, you know, Hershey, PA is, so that's why I thought maybe that had connection. Anyway, I was uh, taking in this house I hadn't seen in 40 years, and was very, you know, interested, and kind of got a little bit emotional, and my dad's standing there, and I looked across the street, and this guy had his garage door open with a huge Fuck Biden banner. Oh my God! Flying in there, mm-hmm. yeah. So it brought me back to the present, Nick. But that was an interesting thing, and you know, I, I it was tough flying out there. You said it was going to be hard to fly a little bit. It was. Both our flights were delayed. Pilot was talking on the flight home about how the brakes were too hot. It couldn't go uh, take off because uh, they were too heavy. Then they were too light. Gave me too much information, Nick. I didn't need to know all of it. Could have kept it to himself. Just say technical difficulties. I'm good. Did you bump into Whitley Stryber at your at your family communion? <laughs> In Mars, PA. I didn't. I wish I was related to to old Whitley. I would ask a lot of questions. I would shake his hand many times and just pepper him with questions. What would your if you had one question to ask Whitley Stryber? What would it be? Do the carpets match the drapes? Does he have drapes? Which one's the carpet and the drape? The drapes up top, carpet okay. down below, I guess, right? 100, 100%. So does he have drapes? I can't remember his, the state. Well, I know that we know they match and we know they're gray. So he has a full head of hair is what you're saying. I can't remember if he's bald as a dream. Well, well if Christopher Walken is playing you in a movie, you better have a, a shock of hair. That's true. Fair, fair enough. Whitley's still out there doing it. He's still out there writing alien books, correct? Uh-huh. It's a lifetime... A lifetime long hoax that he's trying to pull off here. Says you. You think it's true, huh? I'd like to think it's true. I want to believe, not unlike Mr. Fox Mulder, 
How's Jaw How's Jaw Lie treating you? I mean, it's a lot of shark. It's a lot of shark to deal with. You know, I'm 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 sleeping and seeing shark. What about you? It's just getting me primed for August, to be honest. I mean, you want to keep you're we're turning this into a sh- like a shark podcast all of a sudden. No, 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 no. Do sharks run in pods? Who who runs in pods? Dolphins, Dolphins yeah, and body snatchers. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, how's your how's your uh, life treating you? What's going on? Oh fuck it, man. Yeah, it's a good answer. My daughter leaves for college in a less than a week, so that's happening. Who's gonna? Is that gonna be more emotional for you or me? Which <laughs> one? You get down to her neck of the woods a lot. That way, you're gonna be able to see her a lot. A decent amount. And uh, are you guys driving her down there? And it's a big getting thing rid of her, helping her move in. Yeah, getting rid of her. I'm trying to think if there's anything interesting. You know, obviously, Nope was wonderful. Almost done with Better Call Saul. Got a bunch of Marvel news this week. It's kind of a you know, an exciting future ahead. It's a matter of kind of getting through the world to get there, you know? You're talking about exciting future movie-wise. Movie-wise, TV shows, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, they blew it open with Star Wars. So much cool stuff coming. What? I didn't I didn't follow this. This is, this is Comic-Con. They were the only, laying out a lot of stuff. The only Star Wars-related news that's happened is that they put the Knights of the Old Republic remake on hold forever what they didn't they release footage from mandalorian season three and ahsoka and all that stuff not at, did they do it at comic-con did i thought that there was stuff that came out about all this right. series this cat every time about this time has to come and infiltrate that's our biggest fan and he doesn't have an apple id so he can't really log on and really voices it sounds like we fixed our audio issue by the way that was plaguing us for the last two episodes and just in time to get to the purest jaws film i'd say uh, you know, we should have started out the worst audio quality with the fourth, and just kept getting better until this one. See, I don't think I don't well, super I mean, meta. I, I kind of liken the way that we've done this sort of to the Mission Impossible movies, right? Okay, you know, it's like it's a little little scatterbrained, and then it starts to get really rock solid as the further you go. Let me ask you: Is, is Tom Cruise ever been in a shark movie or in a movie that had a shark in it? Can you think? That's a great question. It is. I don't think so. Stumped you. Stumped you. What about just a fish in general? Does he appear a fish in film? Yeah. Well, yeah. Remember, there's a fish tank that explodes in the first Mission Impossible. There you go. He's all over the ocean in the Top Gun movies. That's true. I don't know. It's interesting. I I would have to really dive into that to see what his, like, you know, sea animal ratio is for his films. Probably pretty low. It's fucking low. I mean, he was in Kokomo in in Cocktail, right? It's a tropical isle. We might have to just do every cruise movie now and just just start to count off how many we can you know see in there. So, so like that's Poseidon. We got Speed Two. Got Deep Rising. What are you talking about? I'm Titanic. Talking about cruise films. Titanic. Exactly. I'm naming. <laughs> I kind I don't get it. I don't get it. I have to piece it out. <laughs> but I got it. I got there. Let's not beat around. Guys, it's a movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We put a pin up in the penalty box, whisk everything all up to hell, wake up all dry, look yeah. sharp at the baptismal. We dig up meaty guys with our deep fingers. We bag a clean one. We squirt our prizes at the mud bath, you know. <laughs> Watch a movie through distorted, distinguished, extinguished, sad-ass eyes, disseminating and inseminating as we go, figure out what makes or breaks, sharing with the likes of you, the viewers. So if we were talking about Tank... We talk about the scene where Jimmy Garner just rolls one tread over C. Thomas's weenus. 
Talk about the little <laughs> moments. There's a ton in Jaws, folks. What is Eddie Murphy in that movie? That's best defense you're thinking of. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to. I I, I knew he. I don't think I just was. I knew he was in a big failed tank movie. It was who was in that with him? Duds. Dudley Moore. Yeah. That was a super fail, right? Early super fail for Murphy. Yeah, he had a stretch there where he started to whip ass. Like Golden Child and that were around the same time. I remember Best she- defense before, I think. And Chevy Chase had Deal of the Century. That was his dud, military dud, around the same time, I'm thinking. Yeah, and a- HBO mainstay. Think our fans shorten us? You think they call us the movie micro? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Dudley Moore, an actor who could only have existed in that era. You think so? We couldn't have, we couldn't have Dudley Moore today. There's no kind way. Kind of a one-of-a-kind one of actor. And a, a kind of what a, like a golden secret about him is that he's horseshit. You don't like him, huh? He's from a bygone era. Played an often played a drunk, kind of a, a drunk, maybe a a man that was a, a little bit of a, a little bit horned up. Yeah, a lot of his characters, right? So most famous for Arthur, but I finally remember him from a movie that I watched inexplicably watched all the time. Unfaithfully Chevy, yours. Oh no, Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. It's called like foul, foul play? play. Yeah, it was on. I play. I watched it all the time. Well, it was on yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. There was seems like old times foul play and modern problems. Such mainstays back then. All right, cat, get the I fuck watch, out. Get out of here. I watched uh, Modern Problems in the theater. Mm-hmm. It was there opening weekend? And you lost your shit when the uh, when the exploding, p- p- exploding groin. Probably, yeah. I thought that was the funniest was a- thing that, that's ever happened. When I, I love that movie, and it wasn't it savaged by the critics. I loved yeah. it, and it was very pro misogynism and very pro drugs. Yeah. Oh my God, modern problems. Let me think for a second here. Hold on a second. He got like toxic waste spilled on him and got superpowers. Hold on a second. The plot me, of I'm it. opening a can. Hold on. Okay, but no. Now I'm thinking the director of that movie. The director of that movie had a name that was. Um, there was something about his name. It was like Greg. Something. It was a name that was electric. There's also another good Chevy Chase or a movie, a Chevy Chase movie that I actually like with with Charles Grodin. And I think Goldie Hawn again. Seems like old times. Yeah. Is that right? Was Goldie Hawn in that? Uh-huh. God, man, Chevy Chase used to do it. He sucked. You didn't like him? No, Fletch is a masterpiece. He he had a lot of bad movies. He did. But a good guy, by all accounts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was wrong. Ken Shapiro is not an exciting name at all. So tell me about your relationship with Jaws 1. I was young when Jaws 1 came out. I was all but three, I believe. Uh, so were you, but I imagine you probably still ended up seeing it in the theater somehow. I did not. I was scared of Jaws, so I think it took me a while to see it. I, you know, I think its notorious reputation counted myself out till I got old enough. So this is the first time I've seen it. I think this was the first film I saw in a movie theater, and it was at a drive drive-in. And my parents took me, and it was notorious because I was I was watching the film through my jacket sleeve. Jeez, really? Because I was, I got, I got caught up in the intensity of it. I think I was supposed to be sleeping, but I ended up getting riveted by it, and I was watching it through my the hole in my sleeve because I was scared, but I was loving it. Yeah. To the point where I guess I was three, four years old, whatever it was, and I think it was, I was probably, if it was at a drive-in, it was, it was late in its run because it, it was in right. theaters for a long time. To the point where I wrote fan mail to Richard Dreyfus. It was the first, <laughs> first fan mail. First thing I ever did that was sort of uh, a precursor to what was to come. And he's a lot of fun in this movie. I could see why you'd write him fan mail. Um, although notoriously grumpy about this film until it was a hit, I think. Yeah. Um, had a bad experience shooting it like most people did and then thought it was going to be a huge fail. 
I'm going to tell the listeners this. A movie like this deserves the ultimate. But honestly, at this point, there's not a lot that we're going to say that you haven't heard when it comes to talking about minutiae from the movie. It's not true. It's not. That's just a lie. It's a flat-out lie. We're going to zoom. We're going to zoom in. Well, there's not any cereal in it. That was a heartbreak to see, and they were even in a kitchen. Yeah, I know. And and she prepares some sort of a meal at one point. L- we're, we'll have fun. Gary. Lorraine Gary. This ain't going to be... Gary. This ain't going to be no three-hour pod. We're going to zip in. We're going to zip out. Because, to be honest, for us to devote too much energy to Jaws... Whoa. It's Jaws. I want to devote the love to four and three and two. This one, eh. A little been there, done that, huh? Yeah. Certainly the one you've seen the most, the one I've seen the most. But, you know, seeing how we just watched again, have your feelings changed? Is, it, is the I, love still there? Nothing could change my, my feelings for this movie. And it's always st- it's always in my top five of all time at any given moment. Do you still feel like that little boy that that wrote a letter to Richard Dreyfus? And what what did you ask him? What was do you remember what you were asking him in that? I I, I basically said that I, I had a sweet interior and I was ready to share it with him. <laughs> did you think you were writing Hooper? His character, or did you no. know that Hooper is portrayed by a, an actor? I knew it was an actor because I the credits very distinctly said Richard Dreyfuss on it. And let me zoom in. You said that it's going to be tough to zoom in in this movie a little bit because it's it's well trodden, right? But I'm going to throw one for a loop here. Who who are the main characters here? Who are the main actors in this movie? Just give me the top three for real. Don't go deep into some other characters. <laughs> Thanks for taking my entire toolbox away from me. <laughs> Just, I'm setting myself up for a joke. Okay. Well, it has Ben uh, Gar- no, um, Marcus Bro- uh, Roy Scheid. Roy Scheider, yep. Got Bobby Shaw's. Robert Shaw and? Dick Dreyf. Lorraine Dreyfus. Allow me to do the first zoom in here. All these first names start with an R. A coincidence, if you ask me, but quite an interesting one. Yeah, that's a huge zoom. Did you notice this? <laughs> I didn't notice it. Yeah, and two of them start with an R.O., Nick. <laughs> Roy Scheider, huh? They Who who did they want? We, we learned today when we were traipsing through the trivia, who did they want for these roles? Who who were like kind of the, some of the first choices? Uh, there were some Charlton Heston in there. Mm-hmm. There was some Sterling Hayden in there. Right. I mean, a whole a whole mess of people. I know, yeah. And, you know, Spielberg wasn't even the first choice for this film. Correct. But he got his little hands in there. He got his little grubby nets in there. He started running around the set doing all these crazy stuff and gave us a classic. Edited by Verna Fields, who had who had edited, uh, uh, you know, American Graffiti, I believe, and also edited... Um, Sugarland. Sugarland. Mind if I zoom in again? This movie takes place... About as far away from a field as you can get, Nick. This is what <laughs> this is what we're gonna be doing today. <laughs> Spielberg edited in, edited in her pool house. Yeah, and they, a lot of the success for this movie was kind of attributed to her, which really rankled Spielberg. And you know, he wanted to prove his worth, so they, he never uh, worked with her again after this, unfortunately. And she's um, gone. And she did pass away soon after, like Robert Shaw. Actually, Robert Shaw passed away soon after this film. Which G- sucks. Gave a, dynamic performance in this anyway the movie starts out nick a campfire what did it remind you of movie we've zoomed in on already point break yes and lost boys little campfire what's happening in this campfire music drug use love yeah it's late it's a nighttime setting maybe even an early morning setting and these these teens are just 
you know, feeling the freedoms of life. They're loving the summer air. They're probably hooking up, doing all sorts of uninhibited things. And the camera soon focuses on what? A hot girl. Mm-hmm. And she's staring lovingly at this, I don't know, dopey-looking surfer dude. Yeah. Well, he looked like the 70s. He looked like mm-hmm. a rich kid from the 70s. He's wearing beach khakis. Gotta hope you don't spoil Jaws for anybody. But yeah, obviously this movie, this scene is very um, significant in film history. Because um, soon enough, who's introduced? Mr. Shark. Jaws the self. And what does he do? He, uh, he uh, goes up on a girl. He ruins a skinny dip. He really does. Now, the, the guy we can't... We get some you know, serious... It's like a James Bond movie, though, where you get to see the silhouette and naked. Very naked. Very silhouette. Very uh, not shy about it. PG movie, right? I mean, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, you're getting some uh, darkened bits and probably harder to tell when, before the birth of HD. But, um, yeah, it's... Obviously, the actress is naked. She's running. She's swimming. Jaws is trying to put his stamp of approval on her choices and, and does it so with his teeth. She gets chewed apart, and then the, the guy on the beach is... He's too drunk to... Actually, that's how he gets off. He, he actually gets aroused by shark attacks, so he's in luck. He also does a crazy tumble down a he sand does. dune... That is, uh, maybe, probably could have warranted a couple more goes b- before signing, saying cut and print, because it's a little goofy. You think so? Yeah. But yeah, you know, this famous scene, man, like, often imitated, lots, often talked about. Still effective? 200%. Yeah, it's rough. I hated to see the poor woman just getting spun around saying it hurts. It hurts! She zoomed is, in. Is the is John Williams already kicking ass at this point? Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. It's Spielberg, right? He didn't love the score at first, right? Well, he didn't understand that, that Williams was just coming at him with two notes originally. Mm-hmm. But obviously he attributes so much of the success to it. My favorite is later on John Williams during the second half of the movie where he gets bouncy with this theme. And it makes Jaws kind of cute. Well, you know? the whimsical stuff, it irritates the shit out of me. Do you hate it? I, I sort of do. I, I, it's, 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 it's a time and a place. It's vital to this movie. It's part of the tapestry of it. Mm-hmm. But it gets a little... I mean, so much of it. what I think about Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. is that. It's, 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 it's the fabricated mood that the music does so much heavy lifting with. Mm-hmm. You, know, you couple that with the overlapping conversations and the way that he... He's cute. He likes cute shit. He likes to do cute stuff. He does it in a different way though it's, it's he kind of clever. does it in his sig- signature way yeah, and slice of life way there's there's a lot of spielbergisms happening or being birthed in this movie i imagine there's a couple things that irritated me but you know that's the thing he's so imitated even by himself so tell me that, what irritated you well the thing that irritated me most about this and we talked about previously was that scene at the dinner table where the little kid is imitating his father it just that really bothers me you know that scene and i don't know why because it's it's fine. I don't know what it about that scene I don't like. And I then they looking, had the gall to to retread it in four. You know, maybe I that's was, what uh, made me mad. I went through all the deleted scenes of this movie and and, and watched them, and it makes sense why ninety nine percent of them were deleted. To be honest, so but I did like the scene where he imitates his dad when he's watching them in the bedroom. <laughs> he's over there doing little thrusts and stuff. Oh yeah, the door, well. In the, yeah, Horniness still on, very on display in this film between uh, our hero and, and uh, our heroine. I guess she's a heroine. She's his, you know, Lauren uh, Gary, Lauren Gary. She, you know, they they do say full, you want to go fool around, get drunk and fool around again. That's their yeah. catchphrase. This couple, they're into heavy petting, Nick. You know what I'm saying? They're all over each other. They're kissing. She's liking him in short shorts. 
He likes her in the beach dresses. Well, she is wearing a nightmarish uh, sleeping getup mm-hmm. that she wears not for long to breakfast and I believe out to do errands. And you remember and what they Aaron s- Brody. Remember what he she said about him in the second movie. He's a morning man. Right. He likes to get up and get to it. So what we cut to him after this scene. We cut to our main character, one Chief Brody, Martin Brody. Yeah. I got his name. And um, what's he doing? Loving, Killing he's it. in the house. But what's he really doing? Clenching his jaw? What, what are you talking about? He's waiting to get some sweet time with his wife, apparently. He's a morning man. This is what I'm trying yeah. to get to. Okay. But yeah, like, so he's kind of, it's just like, again, it's just showing their, their breakfast routine. He's about to get to work. He doesn't know that the island has turned insane. He doesn't know this hor- horrific thing has happened yet. He's just ready for a sweet day. He's doing his little Boston accent joke. He is, and he pops himself into his different Amity truck that's different than the, 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 the one in the sequel. But equally cute. Definitely cute. And he just goes on about his day. Look at, you know, there's, in his mind, ain't no shark in there. There ain't no shark rattling around in his brain. He has no idea. This is an island that has no murders, barely violence. He's thrilled to get out of the big city to come to this the place, even though he hates the water. He's ready for some peaceful shenanigans of the town proper, you know. And the town is loaded with quirky sorts. Right. Very quirky people. Fishing village, small problems. You know, people are karate chopping the fences in this town, which I never, I I literally never noticed that entire little plot thread until this viewing. Yeah, there's, once, you know, he starts to deal with some problems, this woman comes in and starts saying that, yeah, a person has complained because the karate students are chopping apart a fence, which I've seen. I've seen footage of. They had they had footage of the deleted scenes, huh? Yeah. So none of the deleted kids. scenes are worthwhile. No, actually, there uh, there is the worst by far. The worst one is an alternate angle of when Brody and the young man stumble across the body of the decedent, because Brody looks at it. We don't see it, but Brody looks at it and gets grossed out. And then the kid looks at it, and the expression on his face and how long it lingers on it. There's a reason he's only appeared in one film as an actor. Let's just say that. Yeah, he's a tough. He has a tough time when they when they see the body and he he looks from side to side. He doesn't know how to react. You can tell um, an unseasoned thespian. Here's another thing, Nick, about this scene at, at home. Before we jump away, the son comes in, Michael, holding his hand. He's cut his hand and he blames it on a vampire. I did not remember this. Of course, remember he does. Of course did he you? Does. Yes. He said he was bit by a vamp- vampire, and, and the hand is. Of course, his mom is sweet. She doesn't get nervous. And chop his head off or something, you know, because he's he's done. Once you're bitten by a vampire, you're gonna turn. She instead takes him over to the sink to rinse it off, and perhaps it's, ca- it's ketchup. On it. It's ketchup. I think he's playing a joke on them. It's not even real. I don't think so. It looks like oh, ketchup. It's a huge zoom. I thought he really did. Hurt. I think he did really hurt himself. Yeah, because she takes it too seriously. Well, honestly, I'd rather I'd be more inclined to wash ketchup off than blood. Really? Because it's, it's fucking gross. Well, you got to yeah. disinfect the cut, you know. You gotta run out of some water over it. Yeah, and put Brody some soap tried on to it. earlier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, there's a cute dog in this scene that's actually Spielberg's real dog. I think still alive, right? Is that dog still kicking? The um, weird thing was the dog's name was Kate Capshaw. <laughs> and so yeah, you're talking about this scene when they discover the body. Now you know this is famous scene from this. You're probably wondering, maybe, hey, maybe did that is that girl fine? Did she swim away from that first scene? No. Mm-hmm. Instead, she's on piles in the beach, chewed apart, bugs in. All we see is a hand. We see some other part obscured by, like, crabs and stuff. You know, like, 
She's a mess. We're, we hear it described later, and it ain't good. Well, they later bring her out, and it is uh, basically an envelope whenever they show her to, to <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, they don't carry out much. I noticed in this scene that was something that was interesting. Brody was very, very kindly holding her sweater and her ornate purse. A like very kind of weird, handmade purse. Very weird purse, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yellow and green coloring. Looked like kind of a maybe a Native American type. Maybe she did it herself or, you know, like from a... Did she be needing that? Let me ask you a quick question. Does she need that purse anymore? To be carried around in. <laughs> maybe Jaws. They could just fling it into the ocean. Jaws could strap that purse on. But I was surprised how quickly the, the other attack comes. There's a couple things. I hadn't seen this movie for a while. I made up a whole scene in my mind, by the way. Which one? When Michael's in the boat, his son's in the boat, and Jaws attacks and kills that man. I thought there was an overhead shot of Michael in the water and Jaws swimming underneath him. I thought, I, and I, I, I see it in my mind, I thought it was a beautiful shot, like a very scary shot. And I, I always was like, oh, that's my favorite shot in the film. Like, I love that shot. Guess what? Doesn't exist. But there is a shot where that guy is pushed... Michael is pushed by the shark with that guy still in his mouth. Because that's also in the deleted scenes. So maybe that shot does exist and you've seen an alternate cut on TV. Because maybe, what they yeah, did... Maybe. For some of the TV broadcasts, they, they threw in a few scenes here and there or tweaked a few scenes here and there to kind of make it reach the right time. So you think... Maybe I'll go try to find it then if it, it but does I, exist. But I don't, I don't remember that scene. I don't remember that particular scene. But they do... Ab there's absolutely a scene where the shark is pushing... Michael forward and the old, and the guy's half of his body is in front of like hold, like pushing Michael too and it looks that, really bad. Looks that's really a bad. really rough uh, scene, by the way. I that attack is really rough. I think like the way they film it's super scary. It's still very effective. I think guy does not make it. I'm gonna zoom in real quick. His, his uh, the shot of the leg hitting the bottom is kind of great though. It's great, but even the way Jaws like comes up as he's trying to cl climb out of the water. And Jaws is like not so fast. Well, that's the first time I believe you see a percentage of Jaws. Yeah, and he's like sideways in the water, which is even weirder. Like, yeah, yeah I think some of the maybe trouble they were having with this this mechanical shark makes it even look weirder and odder to me. It's scarier. But what you know, this is a surprisingly still has the best attacks and the best use of the shark out of all of them. Not surprisingly, obviously, but they didn't get any better. Actually, I think that the Jaws 2 has the most dynamic shark stuff. I don't think so, but I think it's effective. I think it's good. I just think this stuff's more effective. Well, it's certainly why. ingrained in memory, and it was the first time we ever saw it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But the shark had jowls in this, and I, and I can never get past it. Can never get past the Jaws mouth, ever. Really? And it's, it's funny, on, on, on the documentary, the making ofs and all that kind of stuff, there's a romanticism attached to how Jaws had that awful mouth, but it hurts. It hurts to look at. Spielberg nicknamed the shark, I guess everybody knows this, I didn't know it till today, the Great White Turd. He hated that mechanical shark. Saved his career. So the mayor's mad because someone's dead, and he wants money. Obviously, that's the famous thing in this movie. He wants money to keep flowing in, the tourism money. Because it's a summer town, they need those summer dollars. you know. And this is play this actor who appears in the sequel as well. He's really good in this. He's great. What's his name? Murray? Hamilton. Murray Hamilton. And he's got that iconic suit on that has like the, sh the ship anchors all over it right mm -hmm. that's a that's a hard suit to pull off and my man is doing it yeah it's a good performance too like it's a he's a villain but he's still sympathetic you know you you he's not really sympathetic but his line deliveries are so great you know you think you feel bad for him at the end when he's fucked up so much 
You say um, barracuda. People are like, huh? You say shark. You know, like he is. He's awesome. Yeah, he's great. I voted right, for him. So, what did you think of um, the Kittner? The Alex is it Alex Kittner? Kittner, yeah. He makes it. Well, first Shock, of all, first of death. all, Brody gets used the term smorgasbord, if I'm not mistaken, before mm-hmm. this, which is delightful. A word that has seemingly gone out of favor, but still a delight. But before we lose Alex Kintner, we lose Pippin. We used, and it's not Pippin. I, th- I believe the dog's name is Pippet. That's even worse. I thought it was Pippin too, but I think it's Pippet. What do you mean it's fuck, worse? It's so much that better. Dog, then I'm glad it's dead. Then <laughs> poor thing named yeah. Pippet. It can't. It can't keep it. Pippet got dragged under. Well, was, we don't know that. They're playing fetch in the ocean, and, and the stick they, was still floating, but Pippet was nowhere to well, be found. Well, they just didn't realize that three individuals were playing fetch. You know. <laughs> Jaws gets to have two appetizers during this scene. Yeah, Alex Kinner, they Brody's worried about a shark. He's been told that he's been misinformed. The coroner now thinks the body, obviously he's been pressured, but he's like, I think it could have been a boat attack. And so everybody's back in the water. Brody's still like nervous looking out in the water. And he's right to be because there soon is the shark attack. But here's the thing that I never noticed before. Alice Kittner gets a little underwater scream. We brought this up last time. He gets to bubble one up right before he... He leaves for the heavens, packs up. Brody tries to close the beaches and is outvoted, and they talk him out of it. Mm -hmm. And obviously Alex gets supremely devoured by by Jaws. It's a a bloodbath out there. And in the deleted scenes, there's even more bloodbath there. But it looks worse? No, it looks great. It's just they felt it was too violent. I was like, fuck that. I want to see that kid's entire body get ruined. But, yeah, well. but it's still great. It's still iconic and huge. And, you know, it's got a lot of a lot of what makes Jaws a legendary movie is in this scene. You know, the shot right. of the special camera shot of Brody, the zoom in and pull out thing. And mm-hmm. and the way that the people sort of start to panic and, and obviously Mrs. Kentner and her reaction and that whole thing. This is where it really finds its legs, I think. And and Alex is a I don't mind the sacrifice if, if, if it means we get to see the good shit. Are you going to? Can I ask you a quick question about about this scene, yeah, the deleted scenes? I mean, do, is there a shot of him in a white suit with like a kind of a hobo bag or something headed off to like the white staircase up to heaven? No, actually, it's funny because Saint Peter sees a, a fin coming through the clouds. Oh man! And he's like, "What in the actual f?" And then Jaws does a hard skid. Lining his asshole up with the pearly gates and fires Kintner right through the old pearls. <laughs> bouncing that destroyed little swearer into the meaty chambers of God. And he's not better for the wear. I mean, he has not been repaired. He's yeah. not clothed. He's yeah, he t- arrives bloody and he bounces around and hits, hits like uh, sideways off some clouds, some hard clouds. Yeah, I yeah, get he, it. Yeah, yeah, he smears a harp with his viscera. Jaws is like, you're welcome, gives him a little doll's eye wink. And is out of there, but I'm glad to hear that there's a shark in heaven. Like I'm glad that he can. No, Jaws trans- skidded right the fuck out. He's like, I'm just making a. He's like Uber. I know, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's great that he can like, I don't know, teleport himself somehow, get to heaven. Like for his, it's the least he could do after just destroying his victims in his jaws, his powerful jaws, his powerful mouth. Then he then he spits them out into heaven. Yeah, you know? and then and then unfortunately for Alex, he is completely vivisected through harp strings on his way through the gates. Mm-hmm. And and then Peter is like, I have, there's nothing I can do with this, and he just puts it into a dustpan and drops it out of heaven. Man, that sucks. He sprinkles them back out down on Earth. Yeah, kind of like a seasoning. Yeah, that yeah. sucks, man. That's anyway. There's a three thousand dollar bounty on Jaws, care of 
uh, Alex Kittner's mommy, and that doesn't seem like a lot of money, but man, people come running. You know, like they can't wait. Well, it's to, 1975 uh, money. That's no joke. I didn't say it was a joke. It's just now, but you know that that does ring the din- dinner bell for these shark uh, hunters, right? Everybody comes to the town looking to get them some gray meat. <laughs> I don't know, but and uh, they are in disarray upon arrival. Meanwhile, Brody has called in an oceanographer, right? He's called in some help, and and here comes your sweet spot, Richard Dreyfus. Yep. And he is bearded, uh, looking bedraggled. Um, he's looking delightful. But he's in good spirits, and he and he really does have a fun time in this film. There's some horrible things that are happening, but he is light on his feet. You know, can't wait to make friends. Uh, you said in the book that he is, he gets destroyed, he gets killed, and I feel like he maybe could have gotten killed in this. Like his scene when he gets attacked is so effective and scary that if he would have ended up in properly in Jaws, I wouldn't have minded. I feel like Jaws kind of won that fight and he still lived you know dreyfus still lived but he but he, he just cowered out quite a bit well he swims away like who wouldn't well in the book he also breaks a piece off in ms brody too he does yeah there's a they said that benchley who wrote the book was kind of a and i think a couple of the screenplays that that spielberg threw away was trying to jam in mafia intrigue and these affairs and stuff <laughs> and spielberg is like hell no let me make the perfect film get thee away from me peter benchley he put him on the benchley you know and i anyway he got fired off the film twice i think he was a little sour about it but it also sucks to like whenever you get fired and then everybody thrives because you're well, not he th- there he thrives you know? as well though yeah i'm sure he he kept continuing writing uh, shark books did you read them i know you're writing I've read everything he's done. He did. Yeah. Um, he did. Well, he did the Deep, which was made into a movie shortly thereafter. That's like a mm-hmm. sunken treasure movie. And then he did the Beast, which was a tentacle like creature. With they did a TV series with William L. I remember the Deep. It freaked me out because there was like some kind of like squid-like creature that. There, there's a eels. There's eels in that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but there's like on the beach, someone opened like some rusty door on the beach, and a squid-like thing uh, kind of jumps out. But in but in out. Beast, that's a, like a, a squid creep. Yeah. And William L. was the star of that miniseries. Oh, and this is like a later day Peter Benchley, huh? Right, but but even better was the mm. one he did after that. What? White Shark. <sighs> did he? He did. And that For one, TV? It, yeah, well, they made... No, it was, it was a book that they turned into a TV movie, but it is about a Nazi shark. You're shitting me. I'm not shitting you. It is a it is a experiment made by the Nazis to to, to to combine man and shark DNA, and there is a Nazi shark out there kicking ass, and it is something to behold. You watched it? I, I was. Are you kidding? It was. I was every Peter Benchley miniseries. I was riveted into. You watch White Shark? I is this something that we could watch? I haven't seen it mentioned in a long time. It was like an ABC miniseries in the early '90s, I believe. And I, if I remember correctly, it was not treated with the utmost respect by critics. Peter Benchley does a cameo in this movie do you, uh, as sure a journalist, a, I think, journalist, reporter. Yeah, reporter yeah. Yeah. Looking kind of sharp. Oh, he's a good-looking dude. White Shark. I'm not seeing it. Oh, wait. White Shark, The Nature of the Beast? White Shark, novel by Peter Benchley. Maybe, oh, they called it Creature. The miniseries was called Creature. Creature? But the book was called White Shark. Anyway, Spielberg was Craig T. Nelson and Kim Cattrall. 
Oh my god, that's an amazing cast. They got Cattrall? Another one um, who's known, known for being great to work with. But, you know, ben, you know, Spielberg wasn't putting up with any of his input. He wanted zero input from Benchley. He's like, we got it. You wrote a book about a shark. Now let me take this. What do you think? If you were an author of a book, would you be happy? Like, would you just be happy to be included and just kind of not keep your head down, keep your head low, and just watch the magic happen? Or would you try to force your input and make decisions, you know? I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm a firm believer in the separation of the page and the screen. There you go. But I'm I the think, right person to ask because you answered my question perfectly. Well, I mean, not I, to say that I, I, you just answered my question. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer. But I, I, I understand why the ego of an author would get in the way. But back sure. that was back then when when things were so much different. Everything is is there's such a different just process now that the writer the reason that writers are are kind of verboten you know, and banished from sets probably is because of situations like this where they tried to insert the mafia into Jaws, you know, shit like that. It's like, come on. He's no longer with us, Peter Benchley. No, he died hard. But he, he you know, he lived a great life. And he was, a, you know, just a sun-washed drink of water that probably had a great life. He, uh, his last book was White Shark. He said, let me get that Nazi shark one out of the way before I zoom off to heaven in my white suit and bounce off some hard clouds, you know? <laughs> what do we get after this, Nick? There's a town meeting because, oh shit, there's a shark loose and everybody's got to figure out, A, what to do and B, how to get this sweet cash from the Kittner, you know, um, mom. And so, you know, there's a there's a, there's a a town meeting, everybody's kind of arguing and talking, but we get an introduction of a, of a classic character here. Not only that, his little Ugnot associate that, that follows I never him. noticed his associate before. There's actually some deleted scenes with him as well. And he doesn't come along to the, on the boat. I guess there's no space for him, but... Well, he's the smallest thing in the movie, so there's, there's definitely... He, no, there's, he actually he, he begs out in the, in the deleted scenes. He gets killed? No, no, he just doesn't want to be on, or there's some reason he can't make Did it. Did you out. see what happens right before he leaves in the movie? No. He flips a flashlight up to Robert Shaw, and then that's the last you see of him. He flips this red flashlight up to him. But doesn't he? He also doesn't he walk the dogs for him or something like that? Maybe. Hold, yeah. But you're right. He always has this little a sideling, you know, like at a, you know, following him. He is walking a dog at certain points. But I didn't know that. I thought Robert Shaw is just he's he's you know dragging his nails across the chalkboard and that's you know, his introduction in the movie. Thank but, thank God they didn't keep the other shit because there's a scene where. He leaves his car and then he goes and watches this kid play a musical instrument and he sings along with the kid playing this instrument. And as the kid starts to fuck up, he sings louder and is sort of chastising the kid for not hitting all of his notes. It's a long right. scene. Glad they cut it. Because Robert Shaw, this is a perfect performance. There is not a... He, he's not in the film a ton, if you think about it all told. Mm-mm. But every moment of screen time, he owns it completely owns this movie yeah and very cantankerous on the set was was beefing with dreyfus was a drunk like but gives you're right a perfect performance so does dreyfus i think so does scheider scheider's perfect in this like robert shaw says something in this that i didn't realize you were either accidentally quoting on one of our episodes or on purpose but you said he says i'll catch this bird for you he does referring to the shark calls it a fucking bird and did you, you had said this recently, talking about a shark, I think, yeah. or something, or underwater creature. Were you referencing this? I mean, it's part of my vernacular. It just mm-hmm. comes out, and I blame him. And I have in my notes. Quint got a side guy, and I, does he have this character have a name? I don't. I'm sure he does. But what a fucking little creep that thing is. Meanwhile, Roy Scheider, you know, Brody's out here ordering 
beach clothes signs be made. Brown wall. And, and he's like, we gotta make these signs to put up so we'll close the beach. Please get them painted. Don't do it yourself. Get someone else to do it. And those signs turn out perfectly. They're beautiful. Somebody else does some additional contract work on the billboard. Yeah, they do. <laughs> That's a beautiful uh, styling of graffiti. It's a beautiful graffiti job. That fin looked perfect. And it was to scale as Matt Hooper intones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Matt Hooper soon shows up as well. We get Shaw, and then we get Hooper. Yeah, um, and he once once he shows up, the film has a whimsy that helps mm-hmm. counterbalance all the darkness and all that. And before they hire Quint, there's this situation where all these different fishermen are going out there recklessly looking for sharks, throwing explosives, chumming the hell out of the water, doing yeah. dumb shit, playing grab ass. But lo and behold, they catch a tiger shark, and they bring it to shore, and there's this big scene where they're parading it around as if they've defeated Jaws. Everything's great, but, but Hooper is, uh, uh-uh, don't think so, buddy. That's a real dead shark, by the way. A smelly one that they had sent mm-hmm. up from Florida. They said, the trivia said that it, they had it upside down so long its organs pushed themselves into its mouth. I said, I don't, that's another thing I don't really need to know, trivia. And then Lorraine Gary's ears pricked up when she said organs pushed into mouth. She was like, is Brody waking up? Uh. <laughs> the harbor master's name is Frank Silva. Okay. They don't do anything with that. They give us this piece of delicious information. And then we I gotta, okay, I got to go on a side tangent here. There is something that's been bubbling up as I've experienced the past like a year or so various steven spielberg related nuggets of information yeah i don't know what the relationship is i don't know how it started i just know that it exists we did a movie earlier on the show's run maniac starring mm-hmm. joe spinell apparently those guys were tight yeah we talked about a little bit of this on that show him and spielberg right yeah right they were because, tight. because there's this i watched the scene where the Academy Awards are being announced, and they're yeah. At I watched Spielberg's. it too. I watched it when we did that show. And him, he's sitting there wearing a Jaws shirt, hanging Spinel. out with Spiels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were chums. I don't. Did Spielberg ever put him in a movie of his movies? I mean, have you looked at Joe Spinell? I, I um, just. It makes me so happy to think that there was a period in time where those two shared a space. That Spielberg probably, you know, sat maybe watched Maniac with him or something. You know, this maybe it gave notes. It's Oof, like maybe yeah. maybe this this scene weirdly with the mannequin maybe you know try this yeah so Frank that's what I was thinking why how do you have a guy named Frank Silva and not include your buddy Joe Spinell playing that character I know yeah it's a very arrogant looking harbor master he kind of walks out and you expect him is that the guy with the pipe yeah you expect him to do something what cool. a he just douche looking man he is just walks out and then disappears he looks but... like he's he's uh, he's insane. <laughs> <laughs> he I mean, he looks like, like like he's either gassy or out of his fucking mind. He looks like one of those like carved out of like wood, driftwood like uh, sea captains that you would like you with have the in rosy the cheeks with the yeah the, with a removable pipe and the oh. white cap. You know what I'm talking about, right? Or yeah, or like he maybe like the mascot on a cheddar biscuit mix. Recipe. That's Frank Silva, baby. <laughs> He doesn't get even get a death in this. Like he doesn't even get near. He he walks on the pier like he's going to like gotta head over to Subway and get my sandwich. You know, like he's he's not part. He's not even part of the hunt. I don't think he knows where he is or who he is. When he comes out of that building, that is the face of a man with nothing inside. He doesn't even show up on the deleted scenes, huh? He might be piloted by squids. I mean, he's he's just this weird. I think entity. you're right. I, he could be like a sea creature that's imitating a, a human form. And I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I noticed something watching this that actually gave me 
kind of a happy feeling because because well, let's fast forward a little bit. These these boats go out and they catch. No, shark, no, let's right? not fast forward because there's there's arrows sticking out of this dead shark. By the way, did you notice that? There's arrows sticking out of it. Of course there are. <laughs> Is that how you get it? Yeah. Okay. Well, one of them one of one of the people tried to kill it with a, a Battlestar Galactica toy. Tried to get it to choke on it. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were going to zoom out of this scene. No, because uh-huh. one of the fishermen is the aforementioned Ben Gardner who speaks to Matt Hooper mm-hmm. as he gets off of his uh, his boat as he arrives to Amity. And he's the guy that was actually Robert Shaw's kind of coach on Quint. Ben Gardner is one of the guys that goes out and does this hunting for the shark, but he's one of the guys who doesn't return. And it's not really, there's not a lot of attention brought to it. Right. Brody... Uh, is coerced by Hooper into wanting to cut this creature open to see if it isn't. Yeah, the before we get that, can I just zoom in on something real quick? I want to get your take. Yeah, I, heaven knows, like, I don't want to move move quickly through this. Yeah, I know you're trying to jump. Let's just pull it back to where uh, the Kintner, Alex Kintner's mom smacks Brody, right? In the face. You know, she's upset and she smacks him. Okay. She look, does, does she look like mom age to you? She looks like grandmom age. That's what I was thinking. You know, is this a situation where she adopted her daughter's child and now is a mom or something? Because maybe the son's harsh or something, but she's looking like a grandma for sure, you know? Well, well she brings her, I think her father accompanies her to the service. So there's three generations of, well, was one And of look, I'm not saying this woman has a very uh, stoic presence and that's aging her up a bit maybe but she doesn't strike me as a as as his as a mom to him she looks like she's she's not anymore (laughs) maybe it's the sun sun does damage to his skin you know like the skin and so the 70s yeah the 70s do damage as well and no i'm not trying to knock on anybody look comment on my i'm looking like a grandma too but go ahead i'm sorry you were saying so the mayor says fuck you cutting a shark in public but they, Matt Hooper invites himself to the Brody's house, which blows my mind. And he invites himself to start eating dinner. They it, didn't even offer him. Correct, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And if I remember, isn't there a subplot about her being a bad cook? But I don't remember if that's the case or anything. But he absolutely does. And Mr. Brody pours himself a gigantic wine mixed with beer, by the way. I'm telling still, you, he's, he's got an alcohol problem. He has, he has, he's got a grip on it. Completely has a grip on it. <laughs> He's drunk on the boat when he they go is, shark hunting. He is the smartest guy. On or no, the when seat. they late when they go shark hunting before they go real shark hunting. But his uh, Ellen Brody says to Richard Dreyfus, "My husband tells me you're in sharks," mm-hmm. which is very funny. I think I w- it would have been better if she told it to Quint. And he said, "No, I'm not." And she goes, "Just wait." No, Fair it's enough. fine. It's cute. It's cute. Mm-hmm. So they sneak out, little tipsy, and they cut that damn shark open and discover that there is no Alex Kintner inside. No, they cut it open, and it's like it, it milks out like Bishop does in Aliens, you know, yeah. or in... Ash. Yeah. Or Ash, or Nate, yeah, or Bishop, right? They both or, kind of milk out. Or in Nightwatch, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they didn't find no, nothing in that stomach but a license plate, a cup, some uh, some fish. Do you remember so where know, the license plate was from? Louisiana? That's right. And Dreyfus is spitting out awesome terminology. He's calling the shark a rogue. He's saying... Uh, He's blaming all this thing on territoriality, and he's loving life. He's, like, actually having a blast. You know, he's cutting a, open that shark when he's wearing a tie and a lot of denim, you know? So they go out on the open seas, mm-hmm. much to Brody's chagrin, in a beautiful boat that Mr. Hooper owns, because he's wealthy, we discover. Yeah, he's very wealthy. And they find something on their depth finder that is not a shark, but indeed a, a boat that has been scuttled by Mr. Bruce. What do they find down there? Well, they find... 
the guy you were talking about. Ben Gardner. Ben Gardner. They find his uh, his whole body, or I, I maybe it's just his head. I think it's his body, but he's missing an eye. He's been he's been certainly destroyed by Jaws. He's been surprised to death. Maybe he just died of fright and his eye popped out. I don't know. I, I didn't was wonder what Jaws did to him. You know, he probably well. We don't see the parts that he ate away. I'm sure he took huge, massive swings at him. Yeah. Do you notice there's a few things here that, that are sort of Spielberg staples in a way? Because his body screams. There's Does a, it? Just like in yeah. Temple of Doom, you know, or in Raves Lost Ark, the, the, the desiccated body, they, they have a, like a screaming sound to kind of make it more like of a shock for the audience. But that dude, there's like a little scream, a little underwater scream. And there's another underwater scream from Dreyfus. And he, you know, oh, poor Dreyfus is just kind of doing some investigative work down there and he kind of plucks out a tooth, like from like, sees like a shark tooth and he pulls it out and that's when the body kind of steps in and says hello drops his knife he skedaddles up to the surface it's just a hole but yeah spielberg wanted a, a jump scare and he got one and that's what fucked me up when i was a kid seeing it in theater it's i didn't like it either yeah especially the eye that's that's the bridge too far like well the wasn't has, there there wasn't there some sort of sea life in the socket or something? seem like it there's certainly yeah. stalks of something sticking out that, that that's not good to see when you're so young and even now it's great to see always right and I think, but before all this, poor, you know, like I said, Richard Dreyfus was loving life, having fun out there, eating pretzels on his boat. Of course. That's a perfect snack for the sea, I think, don't you? Yeah. So much better than a chip. So much better than a goldfish. A few things. Obviously, those who know, who've done a, even the casual research, that scene was a late ad. They shot yes. that well after production in right. our editor's swimming pool. Um, yeah, loving that scene because... Um, you know, he got the inspiration for it because everybody reacted to when uh, later on when Scheider's chum in the ocean and Jaws pops his little cute face up real quick and everybody jumped and freaked out. And mm-hmm. Spilver's like, more of that shit, please. Where can we insert another yeah. one of these things? But here's where my mind started to go haywire. Okay. So obviously Ben Gardner and his crew were defeated by Jaws. Uh-huh. Maybe there's a movie there. Hey, you maybe there's so? a, Maybe there's another epic, cool story about what their night was like. Sure, you know, it's a short film. Experience with I mean, you don't know that. It could be just as, as badass as what happened to Brody and, and those guys. So Ben Gardner wasn't out there alone? I'm, I'm assuming not. But that's I would like to see that story. Okay. They go back to the island uh, after all this experience when they do all this homework and they find another dead body. And Brody's pleading with the mayor. He's like, we got to shut this shit down. There's a shark going absolutely haywire here. It's, it's an absolute nightmare. It's like going to make a blender out of the citizenry. Mm-hmm. And just gonna chew it all out, and um, Mayor's still not having it. <laughs> still, he's immovable, which is great. But I love after all this back and forth, and the the mayor's complaining that somebody graffitied like the big billboard, like you were saying. And they cut to Dreyfus, and he's been there the whole time. He's sitting on a white rock. <laughs> just did you see that? Just kind of sitting there, kind of beautifully sitting on this white rock, just taking it all in. A rock that people still visit at Martha's Vineyard. Do they? Yep. Do they do the Dreyfus and sit kind of yep. prettily on this rock? Yeah. Dreyfus notoriously got engaged in a lot of white rock later on in his life. Oof. Nice. Yep. Yeah, maybe even during this. What do you think of that Killer Shark video game that just pops in for like it's a great. minute? It's great. Do you remember I mean, that? Isn't it made I up? I, I, no, I can't, I'm sure it's not made up, but I don't think I had the luxury of playing it as a young. I didn't know there were such things in 1974 or whenever they shot this. The world is, was moving pretty fast back then. There's a lot going on you don't know about. Right. I went to it, so and we've gone to a retro arcade ourselves together, but I was at one not too long ago, 
and I was blown away by some of the stuff from the 60s and, and 70s that was rather ambitious for the time. So Sure, of course. Probably real. So the mayor's not having it. He starts pressuring everybody. You know, it's a big tourist day. You know, Go into the water. He's pushing people he knows. Like, go swim. And everybody's a little hesitant, but they start to tiptoe out to the water. You know, And Brody, of course, is just kind of back and forth expecting everything to go terribly. And at one point, when they do think a shark's attacking and people start rushing in, he, he screams no whistles because the... Because the lifeguards start doing whistles because they they think they see a shark's fin, right? What does that mean? Why does he shout no whistles? What's he so pissed about with the whistles? I don't know. Do you think it hurts his little ears? <laughs> Do you think it thinks that this is going to drive the shark crazy by the little whistles? Makes too much noise and the shark come searching out the whistles or something? What? what I just didn't understand his whistle complaint. Can you Google it? I don't care. Anyway, Nick, prankster's in the water. That's not a real fin. It's a made-up fin. Two young boys are under, piloting around like a, the fake, remember the fake Michael in the original Halloween that gets sandwiched between two cars or whatever. It's just or like a, the, it's or a like fake, the fake out. The, or like the fake Michael with John Travolta. <laughs> just but you know what? I, you know, you're, you're talking about you were remembering a fake scene that didn't exist. I had a scene in my mind of those kids getting arrested. They do get pulled up on the boat. But they don't get arrested. Like, I thought that there was a scene where they were punished hardcore for their work. I think the movie stopped to show them arresting children. That's what you're imagining. <laughs> Jaws in the background going, like rubbing his fins together. Yep. Yes. It's just a fake out, but what's actually, but Jaws is there. Jaws is totally there, getting ready to show off. And he goes, and this is whenever Michael's in the water and his friends, they, Jaws starts to eat. Now, the they're in the, nice what do they man. call it where they're at? Lagoon? They're, they're the called pond? The pond, yeah. But it's mm-hmm. connected to the sea. Yeah, I don't understand. It's like the shallow part, I guess. It's not, they act like that's safe. Uh-uh. I don't really understand it either. I guess they figured that there was like that, maybe that bridge that separates the th- two things, but Joss gets through that no problem. No problem. And he chews a man. No, he chooses a man. And then he chews him, and he doesn't like a leg. He just lets that leg fall away, you know? See, I don't think he dislikes the leg. I think he just is such a voracious eater, and his jaws are so powerful that that is Spills like... out? When, yeah, it's like when you're eating popcorn and just little pieces. You think he goes of, back and picks it up? 100% does. That's a good-looking leg. It has a sock and shoe on it, right? Yeah, but it's a good leg. Yeah, it looks, looks pretty good. Because I remember there was a couple of body parts that Spielberg was not fond of, but that one yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah, it's got a little pink tissue hanging off of it. It looks pretty gross. But we're getting to the we're getting to the meat now. We're getting to when the movie is killing it. Well, Brody finally gets through to the mayor, and he says, "You're the mayor of Shark City, buddy. You need to. Here's the plan. Let's hire Quint to do this to do what he wants to do, which was go kill the shark, write a blank check, and let's get this going. The cutest thing is that's the plan. The second half of this movie is they pursued they pers- go out to sea and pursue Jaws in a little ramshackle boat. The three main characters." But I love that Lorraine Gary comes and gives um, a going away package to her husband. Packed extra socks for him, Blitz Tex. Gave him zinc oxide for his nose. Mm-hmm. It's like a little kid going off to camp. You know? Yeah. yeah. There's a Slim Jim. A couple Slim Jims in the bottom of the duffel. I got a roll of Life Savers in there. A shark-headed Pez dispenser. A light bright. Pocket flashlight. A rubber mold of her vagina. <laughs> Yeah, everything yeah. he could possibly want. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a little kent, a little piece of Kintner uh, on, as a keychain, little sure, reminder, yeah, yeah. Little totem. I say it's the last third of the movie, probably right, not the last half. I think it's like the last 50 minutes. It's like half of the film almost. I think that's great. Yeah, it's a lot of time spent out there. And then 
I looked, there's like 15 minutes left, and I was like, Dreyfus hasn't been attacked yet, and Quint's not dead. Like, how, there's 15 minutes left? It They're escalates. doing all this? It escalates. Yeah, it does. What I loved about it, they, they cut to them on, at the, on the sea, and, you know, of course, again, poor Roy, Roy Scheider, he, he's, do, he's chumming the ocean, right? He's And he's doing this weird thing where he takes a bottle of Old Spice, after he chums the ocean a little bit, he gets that weird bottle of Old Spice, <clears throat> soaks a rag with it, and puts it over his face. Old the smell, Spice. The smell. And, and of course, that's to get black to smell. But then I kept thinking his wife packed him Old Spice as well. Like, she really did give him a going away, like, kit. There is so why, much... Why have, why have Old Spice on the, the ship, is what I'm asking. It's just, it's a funny thing to bring. Go ahead, his, I'm sorry. It's in his dop kit, man. I cannot get enough of Quint bossing people around. I can't get enough of those guys just kind of killing time on the sea. I can't get enough time of knots being tied. I can't get I enough it. of literally everything in here. In this, in it's movies. the best. It's this this part of the movie is incredible, and there's something I noticed too that just blew me away. Is that Quint reveals that he once saw a shark eat a rocking chair, and he feels like he needs to to say it. Like it's like I saw, I saw one eat a rocking chair before. This is a man that was in the water, you know, of the Indianapolis wreckage, getting you know singled out by sharks. But he, that's what he brings up first. I once saw one of these things <laughs> eat a rocking chair. Was someone in it? No. To watch Quint's sanity sort of peel away a little bit, there are so many just wonderful shots, wonderful moments, little nuances, like when, I don't remember which, which one, when their little boat shoe slips as they're walking on the side of the of the boat, like yeah. slips a little bit. That shot of Quint at the end of that um, thing with the with harpoon gun just kind of looking back at them. Is oh, one looking, of the most, looking at Dreyfus because he fucked up. Yeah, One of the most beautiful shots in history. Mm-hmm. Some of the shots from the crow's nest. Obviously, that shooting star behind Scheider as he's loading his gun. That's real. There is just so much magic in this in this stuff, and you got to wonder how much of that stuff only exists because the shark was a big dick. Yeah, the mechanical shark. Yeah, and and you know, like like you said, bossy. Like he's screaming at Dreyfus to reverse it. Yeah, Hooper, reverse it. You know, like he's just like he's ordering him to. And then Scheider it gets tired of chumming, and he's like, "That's your job on my ship." You know, the other guy's piloting it and i'm shooting things you know and yeah and then when he's wetting the rod rod down and then he, even even quint can't he can chastise him on his performance with that which is wonderful yeah. i did you know the whole part where he's hooks that big fishing yeah like fishing rod to himself that's such a neat scene and like the way he looks at he starts to hear click click yeah it's just click. such you're right i mean it's, it really is this a perfect performance and, and the and editing too like character. the way yeah. that brody finally figures out how to do that not right as the thing runs with the line yeah all that stuff and then a hooper being 100 percent positive it's not a shark on at the end of the line and quince resolve like it's just yeah it's yeah it feels like super claustrophobic on that boat like it's just so well done like you know it's it's funny because it does feel super claustrophobic like they're just kind of moving around each other and they're always in each other's way it just feels like it feels really real and then when they're relaxing at night, the ship feels like, and they're in the inside, you know, kind of undercover, and they're drinking. It feels the ship feels so much bigger than it is, you know. It's just so so beautifully done and so well edited by Vernon yeah, Fields. By I the felt way. I felt cheated because what? that scene when they're down there comparing scars, right? There is obviously the the remains of dinner in a plate, and I want to know how, what they cooked, how they cooked, what their meal was like. I want to know what all. I want to know what I went down. In, yeah. I want to know what recipes. What do they eat out there? What does Quint have? Is he? See, is I have he... a feeling there is some sort of a DIY, or whatever captain's meal prep kit that he has. He probably put together something pretty interesting. I like the idea of Quint. He maybe puts on an apron, a skillet, 
and throw some shit together to, to for the boys. Right, and they don't see how his setup. Like, where is he cooking? Like, what's you know? That's and that's tough, right? Like, they're they're in hot pursuit of this gigantic shark, and they take they have to take a time out because it's dinner. You know, I, I imagine the easiest thing to do is just throw together a PB and J or something, right? But I, I just like the idea that they had a su- they supped together before sharing scars and, and singing together. Now, yeah, obviously, you know, the iconic Indianapolis story and all that stuff, those are all magical, magical things. Mm-hmm. And poor Brody sort of being the odd man out in all those conversations, sort of just the awkwardness of it. And, 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 and you know, Quinn obviously chastises the shit out of Hooper, but you could tell he has also taken a shine to him, too, in a way, which is kind of great. And then Jaws ruins it. He super ruins it, yeah. it's Yeah, you're right. I think there's this, this, dichot- you know, this difference between the two men where one's a real sailor, one has all these... You know, bells and whistles, and is you know comes for money, has anything, everything he wants. Is like has a thing called a shark dart. You know, he yeah. has like equipment, like you know, he's got like a utility belt. And um, but you're right, there is this kind of unspoken bond that kind of starts to form between everybody on the ship. Well, because Quint's as much of a hypocrite as as Hooper is, really. Yeah. So it's kind of it works. Like I, I love it. I love the dynamic. And honestly, Robert Shaw just that look, his look in this movie. The way he talks, they just stumbled into magic. And I'm sure I'm going to give Spielberg Spielberg some of the credit for it, mm-hmm. but I just think there was just too much just golden light shining through this thing because of the limitations, because Spielberg wasn't a name, he was untested, because right. they were sort of left to their own devices. I know the, the the producers have talked about how it was, even though it was a studio film, it was an indie film, and they were sort of you know nowadays. If they're like two days over budget or behind schedule, then there's going to be suits there. Right. And they had, they had, they went months over schedule. Yeah, it's surprising that he doesn't get fired. I mean, just because so many things were going wrong, and he was demanding, like he was demanding certain things be done in certain ways, and uh, you, you know that they had to be spilling money, right? Like had to be. So they counted on him. His instincts were right. He made something amazing, and you know, and it was super successful. So then, you know, one of the things I like, uh, I really like, is when Quint says he'll after that speech, he said, "I'll never wear a life jacket again." And then there's that shot at the end when he's looking at the life jackets when this boat starts to sink, and he grabs two and he throws them to Hooper and Brody, but not he doesn't take one. He's like, he doesn't need one. He's like, I can either be a man of my word, or I can stay in character. He didn't necessarily need one. We didn't talk about the barrels. That's where the cute sounds come in. They, they keep trying to put barrels on the shark to keep it from going down below. They keep heaping barrels on it. Our good friend Charlie uh, De La Zurica has one of those barrels, right? Or at least, mm-hmm. was it from the movie or is it just one of no, the... I think it's from the movie. I think so. Yeah. That we later see that barrel, I think, in front of... In the second one? Is that when it shows back up? It's, yeah, like it's in front of Brody's house, yeah. So that's when the cute music starts to play because the... It's a little whimsical. It's fun to see the barrels bobbing up and down stupidly. But Jaws is in here, keeps popping up. This is where you see the most of Jaws himself just coming up and look, smiling for the camera, big heading it. He gets a little chin music at the end. They, they even like harpoon his chin at one point, which I thought was. <laughs> he does get he does get whipped up at the end. Oh, Jaws he gets fucked. Just those barrels dragging those barrels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's having a rough go. Yeah, Dreyfus, whenever he gets... So Dreyfus, uh, Hooper goes underwater in a cage. So they think they're going to be able to maybe poison the shark sort of through Christ, his mouth. He's sort of a Christ figure, Jaws. <sighs> I mean, yeah, he's it. like pilgrimaging, all these wounds mm. being... Sure, know. yeah, yeah. 
you know, Dreyfus, that's a great scene when he decides he's going to go, they're going to lower him in this flimsy cage, so he's going to try to put a dart in the shark's mouth. It's very scary, that scene. Anyway, it doesn't work, none surprisingly. But he does manage to stab the shark a bunch of times with a knife in the head as it's attacking him. There is something that really irritates me in this scene that I, I'm sure I've noticed before, but it infuriated me this time. Okay. So they have this shark cage at the end of, at the end of a winch, right? But they right. have this really flimsy little loop, metal loop, holding it to the... They could have just kept that little loop out of the mix and just attached it right onto it. It looks like it would have been a much stronger connection. Did you notice that? No, I didn't, but, I mean, it the, makes sense. They certainly... Whatever was going on, it wasn't working. In fact, it was destroying the boat. And then what happens? Jaws... Uh, treats the the boat like a charcuterie board, right? Like it's he, uh, it's like shark he gets a, he, he gets a, a Quint slider and he tips a boat into his mouth. Yeah, and Quint is uh, disappointed with the results. Quint has a brutal death. Like it is unfair how just destroyed he gets. Like it's payback time for the for the long story about the sharks. I guess here's what you missed. Let me catch you up, says Jaws. <laughs> And the best is after we'll go through Jaws's death here, I guess. I mean, everybody knows, right? Everybody knows. So my favorite thing that happens after all the mayhem is that you know Brody has saved the day. Shark explodes. He's souping around the wreckage, and guess who finally surfaces? But our what did I miss? Legend Richard Dreyfus. Unbelievable. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which I was thrilled the first time I saw because I was in love with him. You thought and he was dead, too. Did you think he though, was dead? Well, the thing is, you see him go to the bottom to to, mm-hmm. to eavesdrop. To hide, yeah. yeah. Well, you kind of forget about him for a minute there because you're so caught up in Quint's sadness. He he really said, I'm going to just, I'm going to hope Brody shoots a tank in his mouth because I got nothing. I like how he says, uh, Dreyfus, was look, he looks around and he says, Quint, and Brody immediately like, no, you know, no. And 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 then he starts. And then in the deleted scene, he's like, he got destroyed, got bit like a hundred times. Well, I think he was, he was in pieces as he sunk to the bottom of the ocean. He, he was sort of alive, and then I blew everything up. So he, even if he was destined for success, it's over. He had, I mean, he had pieces of him hanging in his teeth when he was attacking Brody. That was so cool. Was I saying was I saying Brody instead of Quint? This no, last... you, you have it right. Before that, I think. Anyway, so that's it, man. The movie ends. It's like you, another thing you like, right? As soon as the two main characters can reunite, that's the end of the movie. They're paddling they're home. Paddling, they're paddling home, yeah. And it's very cute. It's adorable, uh, treacherous, mm-hmm. but adorable. Yeah, I mean, you have to be thinking to yourself, are there more sharks? Was there only one? Like, I'd still be a little trepidatious, I guess. But I, you have to kick. There's no yeah. boat. You have to do what they're doing. Yeah, they're not bloody, but they are doing some good impersonations of their prey, splashing at the surface, looking like a seal from up underneath, you know? Yeah. I think they made it. It's weird, too, because there are some shots where you could see land in the background, and some of them yeah. are intentional, some aren't, but it makes me wonder how shitty that must have been, because they're, they're going to that little, that little land mass there. They got to wait. They got a long wait for people right. to come looking for them. Long way. Yeah, do you see towards the end? You do see land, but they are kind of going toward. They're going back home at that point. Is that unintentional? No, they're going back home. But I don't think that's Amity. I think that's that's an outcropping. Yeah, that might be what's what's it called? Safety Harbor, whatever that snug electric junction, whatever. Oh yeah, Cable Junction. So who the knows? Second one. Yeah, so a masterpiece, obviously. Mm-hmm. Top f- top four Jaws movie, just a, a blast. 
and I'm glad I'm glad uh, I'm glad everybody hopefully some of you guys watch the movie again because it it never gets old it's always the perfect thing and nope obviously owns owes a lot of credit to this movie to me it feels like his Close Encounters slash Jaws movie. Wow, that's a high compliment. And it it certainly would be a good time to revisit Jaws. So I might have to go see that tomorrow night. Nope, I, I want to get to it. It's wonderful. So look, let's do the work. Amity has just opened up a goddamn tattoo shop. And it's right. time to get some ink on your goddamn flesh. What are you going to put up there? I'm going to put a picture. I'm going to get a tattoo of Jaws. Mm-hmm. And it's like the shot of Jaws... With the tank in its mouth towards the end, pre-death, obviously, but it's got that. You know, he does look cute with that. You have to admit, Nick, mm-hmm. when he throws that, when Brody throws that tank in there, it's that's a cute look, I think. And I would instead of the tank, I would have like a big Twizzler coming out. Like I'd like to see Jaws have a sweet tooth. A, yeah, a sweet tooth, like a, a gigantic red vine or a Twizzler popping out of his mouth in place of that tank. You know, that's pretty what do you great. Think? It's it's wonderful. And then By maybe the Brody inexplicably would also be aiming a. What would appear to be a rifle, but on second look, another he's holding a Twizzler. So he's trying to... What do you think? Very cute. It's a yummy, it's a yummy scene. Gets the mouth moving. I also have a tattoo of Jaws himself. And I've oh, got wow. him with a little... Uh, he's got a napkin around his neck. And he's sitting at a dinner table with like a knife and a fork in each paw. You know, and he has got Alex Kittner on a plate. <laughs> and he's about to smorgasbord down. And then in text above it, it says... Rest in power, Pippet. <laughs> As an aside, by the way, there is a new Jeepers Creepers movie. It looks so bad. It's Salva Free. They yeah. finally is not doing it. Which He's is my favorite uh, soft drink, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I-, I watched that trailer and it was embarrassing. It's bad. No Brecht. Uh, no Brecht. Uh, and no, no Gene Brecht, Phillips. Yeah. yeah. Look, movie's over, the credits roll, but lo and behold, there's a stinger up at the end. What are you going to do, man? <laughs> That's a good question. That's the deleted scene. You know, there's a scene where we see Quint bleaching jaws, like sh- shark, shark jaws. Yeah, bleaching bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Camera comes up on Quint's domicile. His little buddy there has kind of taken over the reins of things. He's bleaching jaws and, you know, hanging hooks and doing all sorts of weird stuff, taxidermy and all that. And he he doesn't know Quint's been devoured yet because Brody and Hooper haven't returned. He's just diligently working. Gets a knock on the door, and there's a dude in a suit there, and he says. Um, by the way, uh, Quint took out a gigantic loan in your name. I just want to let you know that I'm about to need some payments. And the kid and the little guy goes, oh! like it's just the last <laughs> shot. It, it, it's like the end, like the that's all folks thing. It just forms an iris around his open mouth, a gape. I would love to know that character's name. Do you, do you have any idea? I think it's Kurt McLeod. That's not a bad name. So what's yours? Yeah, my delete, my ex, I call it delete scene, my post credit scene is they get back to shore and they shake hands, Brody and Hooper, right? Lorraine Gary's there on the shore. She hugs her man. She gets him, puts a towel around his shoulders, you know, rubs his hair and let's go home. And Hooper trots off to the morgue and he mm-hmm. finds a corner. He's like, can I see her again? If I take a second look here. And he just, they pull out the envelope again. He gets he takes another look at the first victim. That's yeah. it. What do you think? It's, it's pretty hot. It was disconcerting that she was in such a small package when they brought her out of the drawer, I will say. She sucked, so. You know what's troubling to me is that we're both, I think, older than Robert Shaw was when he filmed this. I think he died at 51, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was in his, like, mid Well, that, that actually makes me feel good. Because <laughs> we don't look like Robert Shaw, you know? We don't look yeah. that grizzled. 
So look. I feel like Roy Scheider was like 26 when he made this. <laughs> he'd already had a boxing career, and he'd already been in film. I don't know. Anyhow, look, you've been given the finances to have your own, own sequel to Jaws. Right. What story would you tell? A sequel, huh? Yeah. Wow. What an opportunity. Mine's called Hooper's Folly. Okay. And he gets fed. He, he he gets like he has to go to treatment because he's got this fetish now about being in cages that are ruined around him. Okay. You know, it's a body horror story. He gets more and more needing to have a cage squished around him. In just t- more claustrophobic cages, more squished around him. Yeah. And, and he just can't. He's got to keep getting that sensation, and it gets harder and harder because it's it's only so big you can make a cage without completely ruining his life for him. And he is basically in a, in a, they make a cage his body size and they're squishing it down and he is he's feeling it you know mm-hmm. pus is yeah. coming out and shit he's hating oh god but he's he's also having a huge orgasm so it's a very strange dynamic that Hooper is experiencing and he's burning his fortune his his family's wealth on these cages and all this different equipment to kind of stimulate his his nerves and stuff while he's getting squished inside of these ever shrinking cages okay. And then ultimately he realized that if he shaves his body completely lean, that'll give him a little bit more breathing room so he can, like, lubricate himself. So he shaves his entire body complete. Uh, and then he is completely... And then he covers himself in, like, a Vaseline, gets in the smallest possible cage, and they scrump it, they crunch it around him, and he's just like... His eyes are bulging out, like, what the fuck is going on? Well, I mean, don't ruin it for me. And it, one of, like, like, there's a bar like right between his butt cheeks. Like his butt's like overlapping one of the bars. You know, put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, yeah. mine's a courtroom drama. <laughs> okay, uh, no shark involved. But what happens is Brody gets back in the sequel, and he immediately beelines it to the Kittner mom, and he's like, "Where's my three thousand? <laughs> Killed the shark, and it's payday." She is incensed that the man that she hates, that she thinks, is responsible for her son's death. That didn't warn the public. She's not paying you, and he's like, "Well, it's interesting because you are paying me." And he st- he kind of strong arm, like steps in her house uninvited, mm-hmm. grips her shoulder. Like all of a sudden, you see like this, and he stares at her, and he's like, "I'm getting that three thousand right. dollars," and and she's like, "You'll never get it," you know. And she goes to smack him again. You know how she does, right? Mm-hmm. But he grabs her wrist, and uh, that leads that you know they both get lawyer. They lawyer up, and they this it's a it's a, about a two hour long courtroom drama. Yeah, Spielberg back. Hopefully, just keeps it inside. You said there are sharks in it, though. Nice, Nick. Nice. Can I ask a huge? Who wins? Of course, Chief Brody wins. Yeah. Because this character witness, they uh, they hear this creaking sound and they pull in this really small cage. Oiled up character witness comes in, butt crack hanging (laughs) through the bars. One of his nuts completely obliterated by squeezed metal. I can vouch for this man's character. I they keep showing the bloody, uh, popped yellow raft that Jaws ate his uh, the kid off of, and they show pictures of it in the courtroom, and Brody's like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Like, he keeps doing that. Like, he turns into a super villain, Nick. Mm-hmm. You really hate him by the end. But by you the understand way, that, him. That kid Jaws had a lot of blood in him, by the way. That kid yeah. was filled with blood. That's such a huge zoom because he really was like he was overblooded for sure. Yeah, he had the blood of a much larger person. He had the blood of a family of people. And uh, he did, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, manna from heaven for Jaws. 
a little just to stumble across a hemophiliac at that juncture. But Ms. Uh, Ms. Kinner might have had to get that kid on some thinners. Maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe there was blood in the raft or something. Maybe that's how they did it. Well, they, I don't know, they yeah. The actor actually they, they did like four or five takes with the kid, and then they end, end up having to do uh, do it a different way because the he kid, kept ruining it. I yeah, think yeah, yeah, yeah by mistake because it's yeah. a scary thing. Yeah, he. Yeah, but that it, was a surplus of blood. I think that's safe to say. Look, you've been given the financing to have your own business related to Jaws. Right. How do you spend that hard-earned? You work out? No. You don't work out? Not really. I'm going to start because my business caters to those motivated by being scared from sharks. Like, you know, if you you know, you know want that you want to get some more reps in, all of a sudden a, sh- a, sh- a live shark's beside your weight bench. You know, you're doing, you're treading water, we're releasing, it's Jaws or size. You know what I'm saying? We're releasing sharks all around you to get you motivated, get you ripped, right? Right, yep. And, you know, we've had some accidents, but we've removed most of the teeth from these sharks. It really is just kind of a lot of surprise attacks. They're gumming you. You're not really getting hurt, but it's still disconcerting when a shark's trying to swallow you as you're just trying to, uh, you know, swim laps in a pool. But this is, you know, this is how we keep you motivated. What do you think? I love it. You like the idea of a shark-infused business? I mean, of course, even on mm-hmm. even if it wasn't related to Jaws, of course. Our sharks have headbands. Actually, headbands around their uh, f- their uh, their fins, and you can pluck one off and put them around your own head. You know, it's one of those things. Do you t- you, yeah, I'm st- we're still piecing out the business plan. What is that? What do they call those uh, the sensors in their f- in their nose and their snout? There's a name for them that I love. Oh, I don't know. Something to do with like electro something, right? No. Okay. But it's not Montgomery bodies. I know that. That's on a human, right? It's in the it's a, those little bumps on the on the nips. Oh gosh. Okay. No, there's a cool word. Spherical? Maybe it's a spherical. I'm thinking of. Okay. That's what I love about sharks is the technical terms make you even harder thinking about them. Well, picture this just real quick. I, let me. If houses float your boat, okay. Say you're. Um, we got you doing. You know, forty sit-ups, right? And you know you're one, two, three, and you're 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 doing pretty good you get up to about 32 and then you're like i can't do it and a shark drops on you you know what i'm saying right so the motivation is you better get to 40 or yeah you know is that abuse um no they like it okay yeah they're fine my business is a simple one remember they made that i think it was a sleeping bag that was a tauntaun or whatever yeah for star wars uh-huh i do where you go inside of it um so i have sort of a similar business that's the shark right where you can go inside of it but it's not it's not the shark that you can get inside of it oh wow okay no uh it it's a sleeping bag that is the ocean and you go you put a shark in it and sharks sleep in it <laughs> a sleeping bag for a shark yeah it's now this, a, it's a, this you, is an idea I can get behind. Yeah, it, it tucks in. It's like you tuck a shark in. Wow. Yeah, it's a cuddly little snuggle for a shark's body. You, Why are you thinking of them in this way? What, are you worried about them out there, kind of cold in the water? Like what? No, I mean, they're fish. They they have they, they don't care. They don't care about all that shit. They're circulating. Hmm. It has never been a shivering shark. I mean, let's face it. But. But I want to, I want to. I want to. What do they call that when you swat? I want to swaddle a shark and, you know, gently, sure, gently give it the the sweet time as it goes off into slumberland. What if you expand it out to like tents and camping chairs? Put a shark in there? Yeah. Oh my god. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's just like or like a get, like a turtleneck with just a shark's cute head coming out of the top. Yeah, a sure. Tube, a tube top for a shark. Or like a camelback, but it has blood in it. 
Oh, this is so good. Yeah, or or like a Yoda backpack with a shark. You can carry a young shark around on your on your person. Yeah, of course. Or the camping gear for sharks. Yeah. Yeah, cute. Like just basically giving sharks credit for being super cute. I mean, anything that that that's teeth rotate through must be cared for tenderly. Look, you've been inserted into the running time of Jaws. What shape does your performance take? Such a good question. I'm the head of procurement for Captain D's. Okay. And I am scouting locations for our next bounty, basically, where we're going to get our next yield. Because uh-huh. right? we're, always, we're always finding out where the best yield is going to come from, whether it be scallops or clams or shrimps, whatever creeps it may be. Um, but we are, we are definitely 100% looking at Martha's Vineyard slash Amity. And I am on a schooner uh, with a bunch of high-tech equipment, as well as my chef and a few other folks, and we are doing heavy research. We're down there deep beneath, um, and I am in a diving bell of sorts with uh, with a notepad and a bunch of calculators and, and rulers and stuff, and I'm down there measuring scallops, you know, looking at sea cucumbers, just like basically taking a flurry of notes. I've got, you know, a porthole that I'm viewing, you know, and all of a sudden... A little, a, like a finger falls down in front of me. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. bizarre. You know, an eyeball, a couple, a clump of hair, oh, God. a shoe, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a baseball bat, like weird stuff falling down. And this is just basically some of Jaws' shenanigans that I'm bearing witness to. And every time one of those things happens, I realize it's soiling my scene. I can't collect a sample of a scallop if a boy's pinky just hit it, right? Right. So I'm cursing whatever's happening above me, but continuing my work. And uh, pays off because uh, Captain D is. I mean, I don't know if you were aware, still killing it. So you were. You end up just being annoyed, but you still procure the the goods. One hundred percent. Yeah. No, I just have to keep moving around. And finally, I find an un an unruined, an unspoiled section of of the area. And How I'm are fun- you staying safe? I'm in a bell. Luck. I don't know. I'm I'm not splashing around. I'm doing heavy heavy work. I'm working slow. Right. You know, I am very meticulous down there. I'm boring as shit. I got a tube. I'm breathing air. I'm, I'm eating what I catch. I'm going up to the boat, doing some noteworks. You know, I got a, an ancient word processor there. Abacus. I'm just killing it there. And my crew is very seasoned. Just badass. No, no shark encounters. Just finding body parts. But the, the proof is in the pudding. Captain D skyrockets. My character is out back in his house. And like a backwards, old backwards shirt and spray painting a dog, a brown dog, white, and laughing, and just muttering yourself, the perfect crime. My God, I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. And you see, I go in and I put a, I put a bowl down that has a crayon on it, Pippet. I pulled off the perfect crime. <laughs> I dog napped this dog. Because I thought it was awesome, and then it just happens that everybody thinks the shark ate it. <laughs> I didn't even wasn't even. I was just trying to kidnap the dog. I didn't know it was going to be. I was going to get super lucky. Right. You know. They don't even look for and get, it and get away for it. Get away with it. Yeah. And so I didn't even need to paint it really, but just being extra extra cautious, just chuckling to myself at home, just watching the news footage. Now, what just happens when you myself. call the vet from the toxic paint poisoning that you give the dog? I mean, does it? Yeah, that's a good question. Water, maybe it's water coast. I don't know how I'm doing it. I don't. I don't know enough. Is that really going to hurt the dog? One hundred percent. But yeah, you could dye yeah. its hair like you would a human. Dye no. its hair. Spray paint is the way this guy's going. 
Yeah, pip it. So the wink, like more like paint it, you know, kind of wink. And then you see, I have all these paints because I'm also the graffiti artist on that sign. Oh like I'm God. just this is yeah. I paint everything, you know. Look, you've got to incorporate a little bit of jaws into your daily life. Right. How you do it? What kind of ritual? What kind of mantra? What are you doing? I might start doing a thing where I introduce myself by scraping stuff, like you know, like the chalkboard. Have you ever been able to do that without? Is that is that something that gets under your skin when somebody nails a, across a chalkboard? Of course. Or is that a sound you can just deal with? It doesn't really bother you. It's annoying. It's dumb. And I don't I like when I'd people be... try to hog the hog the spotlight. You know. So you don't like it. I, I guess I would just look for chalkboards and just scrape. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll just go out on my way to always announce my presence that way. I I don't think I I don't have nails. I bite my nails pretty much. I think so. Like I don't think I could do it. I'd have to get some fake nails to to to, to pull this off. Right. So if you have any recommendations, I'm listening. Yeah. But what about you? I tend to do very bad um, mimicry of people at tables. You know, when I'm at oh, a table, yeah. somebody I do bad mimicry of them. Kind yeah. of make them look stupid. I belittle every gesture, you know, make them real uncomfortable. So So that's what that's what you're taking away from this is just to mimic people to make them uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of mimicking people, how about poor Paul Servino? I know. Yeah, he was yeah, mimic. Yeah, treasured actor. We we have zoomed in on him previously. The stuff, right? Oh, is he in that? I think he is. Hmm. Doesn't he have like a a weird cameo in this, like kind of a I'm character sure. in this I'm stuff? Probably. I, I don't know. So I think we've done a Paul Servino. But yeah, R.I.P. Man. We're losing folks left and right right now. We really are. James Con, pa- Polly Walnuts, Ray Liotta, him. Yeah, this mm. sucks. Yeah, Ray Liotta was still like. He was constantly working. Yeah, he was you know? in that. He's in that Blackbird show. Mm-hmm. And you say he's good in that, right? He's fine. You finished it, or is it still going? I, I haven't. I've watched the first three. I think I kind of laid off of it. I did like the Gray Man, which I'm excited they're doing. You more. did like it, huh? People were ripping it. No, I, I had a blast. Well, um, Netflix announced a sequel and a uh, R-rated spin-off. spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. What's the R? What does that mean? R-rated. It's just gonna spin-off. be. Hard. It's gonna be the Deadpool writers are gonna do it, and it's gonna be a hard like just. Goofy, like aggressive, I guess. Did uh, one of the dead? Who directed that film? The Russo brother. Oh, the Russos directed. So you liked it, huh? Mm-hmm. It's fun. I'm a sucker for those kind of movies, though. If, if you know, and Gosling is so charming, and Evans is so charming. Um, and Evans is a bad guy, right? Yeah, and Billy Bob's really fun in it too. So you're on an island. Look, you've been there all these many years mm-hmm. gathering debris from films, and now it's time to take some from Jaws one. Taking um, Scheider's no whistle policy, 100%. I'm taking that because I don't want whistles ringing out across my island. Right. No whistles. Um, I take some of the sign, the blank signs, just kind of that he had there and just paint no whistles on it. Just make sure, even though I'm alone stranded out there, <clears throat> if anybody ever comes, I want them to know no whistles. I don't like it. it I kind of agree with Roy Scheider. It does, it does upset one's ear. To Zoom. Kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll take the no whistle policy, please and thank you. Don't you, know? you hate it when you have that one friend who knows how to do that loud whistle with their fingers? Yeah, and they feel mm-hmm. compelled to do it. And, and you once know, you learn it, why wouldn't you keep doing it? It looks so much fun to do. But it's so annoying and it's brutal. I can't do it. But I can whistle. I have to. One thing I will admit, my whistle's gotten weaker as I get older. I can't whistle like I used to. I think it's I'm a little out of practice. But I used to be I used to get a pretty powerful whistle going. Not so much anymore. How about yourself. Oh, I, I, I was uh, actually a little late for whistle practice this week, but yeah, I still keep it up. You guys ever whistle in your songs? I bet you pull off some I, whistles I sometimes. literally whistled in a song this week. There you go. But I, I, I ran it through a distortion thing, so it's meant to still, sound... Still? 
But you still had to get a whistle out, and you were pretty good at it? Sure. Nice. It's an, annoying, it's an annoying sound, though. You know, it's, yeah, it's, no it's whistle, not for please. No whistles. Don't you love it when you listen to an, a classic song and all of a sudden the fucker's whistling in it? Like sitting on the dock it. of the bay, he's starting to, yeah, let, me, let me break out the old sweetener. Oh, that's a beautiful whistle in that song, though. Yeah. yeah. Did you, but you know what's funny? is it, it's, That's not him doing that whistle. Who is it? They got Ruth Gordon to do it. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. She laid her lips on that track, huh? That's nice. It's nice yeah. to hear. She was talented. So the sand, the sand on the on the left part of my island is a little discolored. Let's just say it. All right, I don't want to say anything. It's a little just slightly different color than the rest. Mm-hmm. Because I replaced my beach with their beach. Really, the sand sand was sand. Sand was sand, but the grains are different, slightly different color, mm-hmm. different different salt content, just a little weirder, mm-hmm. you know, a little northerny. And uh, I've just taken the entire beach and transposed it sand for sand, grain wow. for grain, yeah. And there's, you know, obviously the toxins in the in the New York, New Jersey water is a little different. Plus, it's 70s beach. You know, this was like a different time. People weren't as cognizant of the environment back then. Not that they're killing it now. But, yeah, I've got that weird 70s fur on the beach. i got that weird 70s gristle and, and, and stuff right? rubbing up against... The, the foundations of my island. And I've got, you know, a little... And there is the tan... There's, like, remnants of tanning lotion from a bygone era. Jeez, there's yeah. stains of foods from different time. There's obviously pieces of Alex Kintner from a different time. And it's just, like, a little 70s beach over there. Right. Now, why? Just, I mean, uh, to me, it's... Nostalgic? Nostalgia plus respect mm-hmm. plus an excuse, any excuse to grow my bush out. You know, it's just a lot of good factors getting in there. And I think when I walk on that beach, maybe things are a little bit more rich. You know, a little bit. Things move at 24 frames a second. Things are richer and golden. There's a little different hue, a little golden hue to it when I'm over there doing whatever happens. So if you're walking, let me just ask a quick question. Let's say you walk across this beach. Now, will it contain things that people dropped or, like, misplaced in the sand? That stuff all is coming with? 200%, yeah. So let's say you're walking and you, ow, in your bare feet, you step on some plastic and you, you lift your foot up and dig in the sand. It's a whistle. Oh. What would you do with it? And I hope you would know you would respect my wishes. Would you blow on it or would you remember my policy? I wouldn't blow on it right away. Thank you. Because I've got a bullhorn in my cabin. <laughs> That is just such a... You're just pissing on my... I'm just trying to keep it quiet. I'm trying to keep it peaceful over there. Yeah, but you would... I know. Oh, man. Oh, that would get me. Although, I have to be honest. There's going to be a point where you're going to want anything to drown out the sounds that are coming from my island. A whistle may be like a songbird's sweet cry. It's true. Well, that's it, man. We did four Jaws movies. We went backwards and... um, Ended up with this beautiful masterpiece, Jaws's self all over this one. Were you a little sad to see Jaws go down so hard at this? Were you kind um, of rooting for him? I was rooting for Jaws throughout. I, actually, I would have liked them to have found an uneasy alliance. I just think it's so great that he's just hanging out. He, you know, they're out there to to uh, to hunt Jaws, and he just hangs by the boat for days. Like he's just there. He's Can't like, I, I'm wounded. They have stabbed. I should probably stay here because nothing bad's mm-hmm. gonna happen. Yeah, they you know, they said he wouldn't. He's ter- he's not going to leave his feeding ground, but he certainly does. You know, 
and he just flips around that boat. He's having, I think, in a way, he's, that's how he's trying to make. Hard, friends. hard disagree by Quint that it's not his feeding ground. <laughs> Do you have any Quint figurines at your house? Like any? I I used to. I don't think I have anything Jaws related anymore. I used to have a, the whole like boat with him being fed. Why you get? How do you get rid of it? What, I might have a it? pop figure. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know anymore. I don't. Is that your? Is he your favorite character from this? One hundred percent, or is it Pooper still? No, it's the shark. But yeah, Quint second. Shark's your favorite character. One hundred percent, the shark's my favorite. Are you kidding? And then a vengeful god that would allow Alex Kinder to be murdered would be my second favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> Cross! 